All right, Mena fans, great to be back recording Mena Fandom, and I have a special guest to kick things off after our hiatus. Joining me is the better half of the Shattuck couple, Alice Shattuck. Alice, welcome to Mena Fandom. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's so good to have you. You nailed it on the main show last week. Um, so, yeah, great oh, thank to have you. you. I heard it's mixed reviews. A little yeah, vocal a- fry talk, I've heard. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm, I'm hoping you can explain to us about vo- vocal fry. You said you're going to define it for us. Um, and look, if the vocal fry from your end gets too much, we'll just cut this recording. Um, I've got okay, no problem sounds with that. good. Um, yeah, I don't want to upset the listeners. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Mena fans, uh, we took a two-week break. Um, we're going to um, wrap up all the show news um, and a couple of little Metaverse things as well. Then we've got a, a spate of listener questions, some of them a little bit dirty, so we'll see how Alice deals with them. Uh, and then we've got um, what are Red's parents watching in heaven uh, to wrap it all up. Um, but, but let's start off, Alice. Um, today I woke up in this, this morning expecting a, a full KMS show and I see 10 minutes and then I go onto Twitter and I see all these notifications. Kirk has spat the dummy and he's walked out. Now, I know you listen to the show. What's your reaction to Kirk's um, walking out after Cullinane pushed the recording back half an hour, after already pushing it back an hour? So so I know on the main show, Kirk said, you know, I know you don't really listen much, and I, I kind of didn't, like, jump in on that. But um, since I'm at the Minifandom Confessional right now, uh, I will tell you I've been getting more and more sucked in. Like, recently, I... Just I have been listening to and watching a lot of KMS, like kind of compulsively. Like I can't stop myself, but I've started to fall down this rabbit hole and I just can't stop. So I was actually super excited when the um show Twitter tweeted that they were going to be live at 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like I can have something, believe it or not, like this is how much of a slacker I am. I will. I have a job that I do remotely and I have lots of meetings. And a lot of times I'm like not important to the meeting at all. So I'm just like muted. So I'll like put an earbud in one ear and like have something on in the background, like a podcast or whatever I'm listening to. And then in my other ear have my work meeting, which I know is crazy, but you know, I will do it sometimes. Um, so I was like excited because I was like, oh, God, now I'll have something to listen to during my work meetings. And it wasn't on and it wasn't on and it wasn't on. And then like that happened. And I have to tell you, it like threw off my day a little bit, like because I was really looking forward to it. So I don't I guess I'm just not used to the emotional roller coaster yet, really. <laughs> so, so um, well, great story. Um, but answer the question. What do you think about what happened today? What do I think about it? Yeah, like um, Kirk spitting the dummy. Like, uh, well, I'll, I don't think Cull should have delayed the show. As far as I'm concerned, the show must go on. This is showbiz. You know, do you think if it was a live radio show, he'd have just texted in, oh, we're going to start half an hour late today? You know, I thought no, it was pathetic. I, mean, I think, and I don't I think, think he does a... take advantage a, a little bit. Yeah, and is, is someone being locked out of their house a genuine emergency? I mean, go and sit in a fucking Starbucks for two hours if you have to. I mean, uh, like I, I just would you text your work and say oh, you're gonna be half an hour late because no. I'm locked out? It's bullshit. No. no, it's it's not okay. And I I mean I like I do a podcast every day with four kids and a full time job. Like it is his job actually technically to do the podcast. 
Um, just before we continue, I, he, Tom's not lurking around, is he, in the background? No, he's not in here. Good, because if he comes in telling a fuck off, and you can say that from me, he can listen to this episode just like everyone else when it drops. Okay. Please send that message. Um, well, I, look, I agree with you. He should have been there. I, I mean, I think there's a lot going on here. I think this was a line in the sand moment for Kirk that Carl had been kind of pushing the envelope a bit over the last few weeks with moving recording around and Kirk alluded to him saying, oh, a Wednesday would be better for me. I mean, if one of my employees said to me, oh, that day would be better for me, I'd say, I don't give a fuck. It's when I tell you I'm the boss. Like, just horse shit. And... So I think it was a line in the sand moment, like Kirk's resetting the boundaries, like we're going to set times and you're going to be here. Right. I mean, it's Kirk's show ultimately at the end of the day. And it's not like that. It's it's probably kind of an intimidating job, but I, it's really not that taxing a job. Like you don't have to go to work that many days. It seems pretty flexible, but it, you know, I, I do think it's a little bit taking advantage to to push mm. it like that. Yeah. Uh, um, and I do think this is also not just about the being late thing. I think Kirk Winahan lost a lot of respect for Dave Cullinane when he said he didn't know both his parents' birthdays. You Alice, think that's let why? That thing, absolutely. Kirk has lost his parents. He misses his parents. He would appreciate having them around and then he hears his fuckwit producer <laughs> whose parents are still alive and he doesn't even know when their fucking birthday is and i reckon that has driven kirk up the fucking wall because like appreciate your parents while they're there and uh so i think there's a lot going on here uh, it's possible i mean clearly there were other things going on because kirk was referencing other stuff like the um billy tibbet stuff and and those other things so it I don't think it was 100% about what happened this morning with Dave, but that was just the last straw of what happened. So, Yeah. Um, do you think that's wild that you cannot know your parents' birthdays? Uh, that is a little strange, yes, I would say. Although Tom doesn't know our kids' birthdays, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, you've got four kids, so I kind of give Tom a pass on that. I mean, <laughs> but I think to... he does know his parents' birthdays. It's true. Even, aren't they both dead as well? Yes. Um, R.I.P. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I just think it's wild to be, like, so self-obsessed. You don't know when your parents... He's are... the youngest child, though. I'm the oldest of five, so I see it. My youngest brother is the baby, and he's spoiled, too. It's just how it goes. Oh, fair enough. I like it. Um, all righty. Um, we'll, lot to get into. If we'll start with the Meniverse stuff. Um, you wanna, are you hearing an echo, or was that just me? I don't hear an echo. Good. Um, all right. So let's get into the Meniverse stuff. The last show I re- fan and my released was with Mayo, and uh, it was very well received. I think one of Mayo's best performances. So um, are, have you heard of An- Andy Mayo? Um, I, I listened to him on your show when I was um, studying up yeah. before I came on, but, um, okay. but that was the only time I've heard him. Nice. He was one of the people that sent me a DM about how sexy your voice was. Oh, wow. Uh, there was a few. I got quite a few. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a compliment. Um, and also, while we've been on a break, he, um, I had an issue with Rico Bosco. Now, 
I think Rico was calling into the show too much and then Rico said he would stop calling it as much as a result of me tweeting that out. And and I stand by that. I, I don't think it, the show needs Rico calling in three or four times an episode. I think one good caller's show for Rico would be enough and he's funny, he's talented, but don't do it too much. And I think Kirk agreed with me. I think some people have alluded to the fact maybe Kirk asked me to go that way and, and send Rico a message. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. But what do you think of Rico's calls, Alice? Um, I don't know enough about Rico's calls to tell you, honestly. I I, I don't know. I do think that um, Kirk has um, – it's better to have a variety of callers because the same people too much in a show is it, – it's never a good look, honestly. So – you know, I, I do think it's a little too obsessive to call multiple times in one show. I think one show, one is probably fine. And I mean, I do think um, Kirk pays a lot of attention to to the Minifans feedback about shows as well. So it's possible mm. he looked at what you said, too. Um, how often does Tim and Canton call Tom's show? Like three or four times a day? Tom's show, his radio show, he calls sometimes. I don't think multiple times. Um, but I don't even think we have a, a message line that people for our podcast that people can leave messages for. And he's called that a couple times, but not every show for sure. Yeah. I did call into Tom's show with Tim and Kent when we were driving around, um, to, to ask Tom Connecticut restaurant re- recommendations. Cause I went there. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, anyway, he helped. Um, all righty, so let's get into the show stuff. Um, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of this Minna fandom is getting to know Alice Shattuck, getting to know one of the newest stars in the universe because, I don't know, like there's been a real sort of anti-female thing going on with the KMS show. Alice, I don't know if you're aware, but, you know, not, Kirk doesn't often ask women in to, to sit with him. He didn't ask me in either, let the record show. Uh, I mean, Dave invited me in, or actually, technically, he texted Tom to invite me in, which was a little odd, too, because I know he has my number because he had set me up um, producing Jerry a couple times when he was helping Jerry look for a producer. So, like, I know my number is in his phone, but he texted Tom to ask if I could come on. And um, I know Kirk tweeted that it was he didn't know who was going to be there. And I think he actually didn't know, which is I mean, that could go multiple ways with Kirk not knowing who's going to show up. And especially it being me and Kirk not often asking women on the show ever. But, um, you know, I, I think there's something to it. I, I honestly do. I don't know that I necessarily fit. I think that's part of Tom's objection to me not being a good fit for the show also is that um, I think men sometimes want their space (laughs) without like their wife showing up and ruining it (laughs) and to be like out with the guys and like your nerdy wife comes and is like, hi, everyone. I'm here, too. Now that's it. It can like put a damper on things. And I know there are female men fans, obviously, Um but I, I also think that um, the hot ones. Sorry, go on. I also think that that to some extent it it is a bit of a boys' club, and that the men fans don't necessarily love when women appear in their world and like rain on the parade, and and that there is some of that like in the culture now too, and that's what I think is so kind of incredible about uh, about the whole thing, the miniverse and Kirk and what he's created kind of out of nothing, is I'm really 
interested in masculinity and femininity and there you always hear people talk about like the crisis of masculinity and men struggling and suicides up and opioid problems and alcoholism being up and like what's the matter with men and what can we do to help boys and like I do think that political correctness culture and everything has taken away some spaces from men I do and and that I I think that there is something about the miniverse where it's almost nicer without um, you know, a bunch of that kind of PC-ness in it. I think the sense of humor tends to be more masculine. I think there's there's a tendency towards that. And I think that's why people like it so much. Mm. Wow. We just went to a totally different show there for a second. Like that was like a mixture of Burn Barrel, Jerry Callahan, bit of Montante's world. But I liked it. Um, look, I didn't read that deeply into it, um, but, but I actually – completely disagree that I actually think women can knock around knock around with guys and be in podcasts and joke around and you know I think if Kirk had said that joke about you know coming everywhere and seem and you wouldn't have just like melted and run away in horror you probably would well, have yeah I grew up with the internet I've heard most of the words that are out there and you know but but I think I think Kirk I, I think doesn't necessarily thing. feel like he can be himself if I'm in the room but I think that's because Kirk grew up with two brothers and he's not used to that. Like if he'd grew, grown up with a sister, like you can joke around with girls about exactly the same stuff you can joke around with men about. It's It doesn't have to be, um, you know, just a boys' club like that. So, I, and, and and also I think Kirk, like Kirk said, he wouldn't have told you to fuck off, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Kirk would say that to anybody that comes in for the first time, male or female. He's too nice a guy. He would bring you in like a few times before he told you to fuck off. So, um, <laughs> and and I think the same would be with you. If you went in there a few times and then if you said something stupid, Kirk would say the same thing, fuck off, Alice. And I, I don't think it would matter. He wouldn't call you a bitch because he says, you know, he's never going to call another woman that word, which is nice. But you can still mess around. Like I, I just think this is... A, a really weird sort of thing for Kirk to be like afraid to have women in there. I don't know that he's afraid. I just don't know that he thinks it makes a good show at the end of the day. Like, I think he's very particular about the, about the show that he makes and he cares a lot about it. And it, you know, I don't know if he thinks it makes sense for his show to have someone like me there necessarily. Mm. I mean, I, I think the, the the thing that was made less sense was that you don't listen to every show. That, that To me, if you're going in there, you have to sort of be like a full-on, you know, minifan, know the That's true, I suppose. That's true, I suppose. Although I don't claim to be in any way, you know, so I'm not trying to like pull one over on anyone that I listen to no. tons of it. Um, but, you know, Tom's been in the world a long time, so he'll, like, he'll explain stuff to me a little here and there. But, but yeah, it's, it, like, I do kind of feel like even starting to fall down the rabbit hole, there's, like, a lot of catch-up work to do and a lot of other spin-off podcasts to listen to and and just lots of pieces to the puzzle. But, you know, it. I do probably the last couple of weeks I've been listening a lot more. Um, but, you know, Tom listens like religiously to every show, sometimes multiple times. So I don't know. He was so jealous during the Wilbur. I don't know why he didn't just get tickets and go in the first place. Because then that night he was like all over Twitter and trying. Yeah, to- he should have been there. It would have been great to meet both of you there. Um, but, yeah, you did a great job in there. You, What I liked about your performance was you were very natural. You didn't 
try and pretend to be something you're not. You rolled with the punches. When the calls came in and they were trying to like, you know, to throw all the sex stuff at you about you just had a bit of a laugh about it. So, you know, I think you did really well, much better than some of the other jokers they've got in there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, it's and I don't know, you can't make everybody happy. And like you said, there are people that feel that women shouldn't be there and they're really including sort of my husband as well. So, you know, I do get that and appreciate it. I don't think necessarily like it could be an everyday and all the time thing at all. Um but, you know, it was fun to do it, certainly. And like I said, like, I have a, a really big appreciation for what Kirk has done and, like, the sort of power of the Minifans as a as a group of people. It's almost, like, fascinating to me to watch from a sociological perspective. Like, I wish someone would write a book chronicling the history of the Kirk Minahan show because it's really interesting to me. And... I don't know. As you know, as I mentioned on that show, like I was a big talk radio fan. That's how I met Tom. So I I get that how powerful it is to have like your radio friends in your ear that you listen to every day and how intimate it feels when you feel like you know someone like that, that you're like spending every day with them through through all these like ups and downs and emotional things that you go through that that it it becomes a part of your life in this really meaningful way, but he's done it in sort of a new and special way, which is so interesting to me that, that he has this fan base and that I don't know that there's like much appreciation for the fact that he's done it. Honestly, like I, like I say, like I think someone should write a book, but I'm like, has no one noticed that this person just like, like got kicked off the radio and then like created this whole thing out of nothing. Like, you know, I, th- I think Barstool to an extent has that type of following, but he's really like his own thing. And, you know, I it was really cool to get to meet him and, and talk to him and just kind of like see him in person. I, I disagree with you, by the way, about um, doing guests remotely, because um, I did think that he has like an intensity about him in studio in person that that would be hard to replicate over like a Zoom call. I think you could definitely do it with the technology. I I don't think it'd be the same. I I think you would bring in people for like shorter bursts. You'd have, you know, me on for 20, 30 minutes, then Big Cat on for 20, 30 minutes, me first. Um, And, you know, rather than the same approach. um, I, uh, what was it like then for you sort of, the interactions with him because he seemed really nice to you. Like when I was in there, mm-hmm. he's super polite. He's he's actually quite warm. Like he's not a icy person or anything. Right. He did seem um, super nice. Uh, yeah. Like I said, Dave asked me to come in. I was a little nervous about it because I didn't know that he didn't know who was going to be in. I mean, as far as I knew anyway. And so, you know, I, I, he could throw a chair or something. I don't know. But, yes, he was very nice. He was very nice, um, you know. And on the on the power of the Minna fans, you, you, you're right. I mean, I flew halfway across the world to, to go to a live show and meet all the Minna fans. You know, it is it is sort of this irresistible force and, you know, the, the passion of well, like, unleashing crazy people, like, is evident. Well, it's so interesting to me because it is such a – kind of motley crew on the one hand but then at the same time like when Kirk had Fred Couples on I saw multiple people tweeting or saying things like wow it was so nice to hear Kirk so happy like 
that's not it's that's a very intimate thing for a fan of a show to say about somebody and i think how much people care about the show it really speaks to what he's created and what he's done definitely um what so you said Carl reached out to Dave. Did you sort of think about saying no or was it always going to be a yes? Well, I mean, I work a day job, so I had to like, I, I did ask for time off that morning. You know, I didn't lie or something. I just said like, something's come up and I had the time off available. So you didn't say your father-in-law was locked out. Of his no, house. I didn't. I didn't. But I did um, call into work and take paid time off um, to come in. So yeah, but once I squared that away, I said, sure, I'd I'd come in, but yeah, and, Dave texted Tom, which was like, yeah. like man, I have a few hours of your wife's time. So it, that's not what he texted, but I felt like that was the vibe. Was like, will you let your wife come on? Which seemed odd to me, but I sent that message to Tom as well, but unrelated. <laughs> um, so, um, so so you decide to go in. Um, I guess you know, pre going in, say sort of like, just give me a rough figure of what percentage of KMS shows sort of you listen to generally, whether it's a per week or, you know, 50%, you know, roughly. I mean, I only started really listening recently. I mean, Tom has them on kind of all the time. So I'll hear like snippets and bits and pieces here and there, or he'll tell me about something that happened. Um, And then, but you know, I've probably listened to like 20 KMS shows, like in entirety. Okay, 20 in entirety and then lots of little little bits. And, and sort of when you've been listening, what are the sort of things that have pricked your ears up? You know, I can imagine like you and Big Steve Robbins I, were like completely in – yeah, come on. Uh, well – I mean, I think that I'm probably pretty politically aligned with Steve Robinson, but I really didn't listen during the Steve Robinson era. So I don't know that much about him as a producer of Kirk's show. I really only started listening in the Cullinane time frame. So that's sort of all I know at this moment. But I do know about things because stuff happens and because Tom loves KMS things will happen so I'll like get random backstories on stuff like I'll be like Tom somebody just followed us on YouTube whose name is Steve Robinson's wet fingers so then I like have to hear a whole backstory on like what that even means or something you know but it like some people are out there living a normal life and some people know all kinds of things going on in the universe so you don't have to make excuses. I'll, I'll just tell you one um, Big Steve story, one of my favourites. Okay. It's a, funny, it's a funny story. When he started on the show, on air he told Kirk how he found out one of his parents was cheating on the other and he told the other parent about what was going on and effectively split his parents up. And um, after that, I think Steve regretted telling that story on air. So he went back and secretly edited that bit of the show out mm-hmm. and then later on I was looking for that bit of the show because I wanted to go back over it because I think it's an amusing story and I couldn't find it and then another Minifam realised that the actual audio had been edited out and told Kirk that Steve had secretly edited out the audio and then Steve was suspended for a week. Um, so just, you know, just a, a, not another day in the life of the KMS world. Was mom cheating or dad cheating? I, I can't remember. I think it was the mother. Um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, 
the last producer split his parents up. This producer doesn't know his parents' birthday. <laughs> Certainly attracts some some wackos. Um, and then, like, and so are you a Blind Mike fan? Like, you know, when you've been listening, do you, do you laugh at, like, Mike and Kirk or are you more there for the new stuff? No, I like um I like Mike on with Kirk. I think he's good. I don't um I don't listen to his show separately really. Um, no one does. Although I know that, you know, Craig is with him who also does Jerry. So and Craig does some stuff at Republican events, so I've run into him here and there and things like that. <laughs> Keep going. But that's um that's, about that's it. like the extent of what I know. I did um Tom got me into Clemmer's podcast when that was a thing, the movie one that you and I were both on. We're part of the exclusive club that we've been on Chris Clemmer's podcast. Um and I actually kinda liked that. Although when I was on with him, I quickly realized that he was not enjoying it at all and that's a recipe to to not have a podcast last because if you're miserable and hate it like you're not gonna especially if you have to make it for every day do something for it it's unsustainable but um i don't I know mean, what was my, your impression of it when well, you talked well i want to i want to hear more about your impression but you know my out of theater name experience was crazy because it, it was effectively the second last episode and it was recorded like at sort of midnight your time mm-hmm. and Clemmer already had COVID. So you, he hadn't done the d- positive test yet, but the next day he did. So you already right. have it, had it. When I looked at him, he looked like death warmed up. And, uh, you know, I come in hot, you know, trying to like rattle him and, you know, I, I, I you know, I said something about his show and he just sort of stared at the screen with that stupid monkey face and I was just, the monkey boy face. And I was just like, oh, my God, Um like this, this is not going to work. He's not enjoying this, and uh, yeah. And then you know, two days later, the show was done. Yeah, it. When I did it with him, he like when I came on his like stream yard, I, I said like, "Hi, how are you?" You know, just like making small talk when he started, and he goes, "You know, another day, another bad movie." <laughs> he, <had> to, <laughs> he was just miserable, like hating the project, which. I thought the project was like kind of a fun idea and they're like talking about movie theaters. It's nostalgic and fun, but I like, he just hated it. I think. Um, you said he stood you up as well. Yes. So I don't know. It was so weird because I had been listening to his show because Tom had gotten me into it from KMS. And then, you know, I was going to see this religious movie anyway. It was out one day. It was like a Fathom Events thing that they were putting on. So it's at a bunch of theaters at one day at one time. So everywhere you're seeing the movie, it's 7 p.m. So I knew that he's looking for random stuff like this to, like, fill in spaces because he has to see something different every day. So I messaged him and I said, like, this is showing all these places at 7 p.m. on this Monday night. And he was like, okay, cool. I hadn't heard of this. That's great. Like, let's go to, like, this theater nearby me this is an easy one to go to it's a nice theater whatever and then we can talk about the theater too so i got my ticket to it like the whole thing and then that day he messages me and it's like oh my wife's work schedule changed so i'm gonna see it at this other theater instead and i was like but i don't get it because it's like all the same time (laughs) so i don't get and i like did the theater you told me was most convenient for you so i don't really get like why what's the advantage to going to this other theater at the same time but i mean it was fine we didn't have to see it at the same place but 
I just thought it was weird. And I don't know Mrs. Clemmer at all, but maybe like uh, maybe she puts a kibosh on going to a movie with me. I don't know. I don't think so. She's, I, she doesn't strike me as the jealous type. Um, probably Chris was going, you know, I'm back. Just dropped out for a second there. Um, yeah, maybe there's a better bar or something. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't know either, but it was weird. I I don't know. I was stood up by Chris Clemmer. I don't know how <laughs> how many people yeah, that's, that's happened to either. Um. So, so you go in there, you record the show. What was it like when you finished? You, you, you know, did Kirk just get up and leave? Did you go? What was the, How did it work? I mean, I left. I was done. I didn't hang around after. So I, I don't, I didn't want to like invade their space and what they were doing and things like that. So I just headed out and I had to get back to work and stuff too. So, you know, I only took a half day off. I had to pick up a kid going to work so you know somebody has to earn the money to keep tom able to be on the radio as much as he needs to be (laughs) um are you paying for tom to be on the radio is that how it works or no he does actually technically make money but it's not enough for us to live on so Um, Um, talk radio careers aren't what they used to be that's for sure especially in connecticut i can imagine um so now that you've been in there, you seem like you've been sort of sucked in a little bit. And I, and I can I, I can see this, you'll be listening to more shows. Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly true. I definitely will. Um, you know, assuming there are more shows that Colinane didn't break it now. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it is sort of addicting. And, and like, once I start to watch them, I like can't stop like we have been now a lot of times we'll finish recording our show and we will like sit down after dinner once the kids are in bed and like watch a kms together on youtube on the tv which is probably something not a lot of normal couples are doing but we've started to make that a little bit of our nightly routine i'm so jealous i wish i could do that with somebody anybody um lauren maybe anyway um I'm still getting, I'm getting a little delay. I hope it doesn't come through for the listeners, but we'll see. Um, so would you go back if asked? Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I, I'm i not interested in, like, a job working for the Kirk Minahan show at all, really. What? Um, everybody else is. I know everybody else is, but I just don't think that that's, like, I don't want to do that every day. I don't know. I know everyone else wants to, but I don't, that's not like my interest. I don't need to be hired and work there. I, you know, I, I know that a lot of people in the metaverse aren't really into politics, but that is like what I'm into. Like, I enjoy doing our political podcast. For me, that's like the sport that I watch is elections and politics. And like, I'm into that and it's fun and I enjoy talking about it. And it's great. And like, I think Kirk knows what's best for his show and he'll do what he wants. If he wants to invite me on, like I'd happily come back in and talk with him about whatever he's in the mood to talk about. But yeah, I, I don't need that to be like my career either. So, but, but yeah, I know everyone else like seems to want to work there permanently, but I feel like that's almost a drain on Kirk a little bit that there's this like expectation that people like want him to pay them to be there. No, no, you're right. Um, 
And if you went in, it would be really good to just promote Burn Barrel there. And I'm sure you've got a few more listeners since last week. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm sure we did. I have like 150 more Twitter followers or something. So I'm sure that I'm sure that it's a bump. I mean, it's great. And Kirk is always so great about promoting people's things and talking about them. And, um, you know, he's like almost too generous with everything in some ways. Like he's and I. I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me. Like I said, I want a book out about him because because I think it's really interesting how much he like cares about everyone who's into the show and has all these people in and does give people jobs and like feels bad for people and all these. I, there's like a really deep connection between him and his fans that exists almost nowhere else. Kirk and I have a really deep connection based on sort of mutual respect. Um, but but. But it is bizarre, for example, that um, yeah, I'm in Australia and I'm like super into Kirk, mm-hmm. um, you know, a hardcore Minna fan. And I didn't even find him through the podcast. I found him listening to EEI um, mm. in the mornings. You know, it started, you know, podcasting Kirk and Callahan or streaming it live when I was looking for like baseball chat. And he just sucked mm. me in. Like I've told the story before, but I, you know, I listened to some. Do you follow American sports in general or you just liked the show? I'm a, I was a big Red Sox fan. It's cooled a little bit because it's been a painful few years, but I was into the Red Sox and Mm. I love baseball, really love baseball. So I was listening to, it was around the 2013 world series run for the Red Sox. And I was looking for some stuff. And I remember Kirk Jerry probably and maybe Dino interviewed somebody about the the Red Sox and the interview ended as a and and then at the end of the interview Kirk teased the next segment and it was something he was angry at someone and and I can't and at the time I remember thinking I have no idea who this is I have no idea who he's angry at I have no idea why he's angry but I know I want to keep listening and kind of from there, I just listened to Kirk and then he got kicked off the radio. And, you know, me being an avid podcaster was thrilled when he started podcasting. So, but it, you know, that's the power he has to draw people in, you know, from across the other side of the world. Yeah, that's incredible. And, you know, I think, so I had, I never really listened to Kirk when he was on with Jerry in those years um, because Tom wasn't listening to that much sports talk then but he did used to have Dennis and Callahan on before that like when we were first dating kind of so probably around like 2010 he was listening to lots of Dennis and Callahan around that time so you know I, I had heard a bunch of that and that was like in the back of my mind a little bit as background noise in my life for a while and then you know it wasn't really so much then in the time that Kirk was on there but Tom obviously knew Kirk at that time and you know m- mentioned him from time to time around the time he offered him no money to work at the Boston Herald probably um but <laughs> yeah, but yeah then I guess Tom is sucked in too because he hasn't stopped listening all this time so it it is um kind of a powerful medium and and I think that you know what Kirk has done is he's essentially done a tease for like his he has he's like has a permanent tease for his show it's like every day every time no matter what it is for how many years people keep coming back for that next thing because they just want it to be the next one and and that's something that like not a lot of people have 
He's very smart. And although I'm sure today it was 100% genuine Kirk getting the shits and storming out, he also knows that everyone will be, you know, lined up to listen to that next episode from the first second to hear the reaction to it. Um, so he, he, he's calculated, he's intelligent, Um yeah, so, you know, as I've said, he's the greatest broadcaster in American history. Um, Do you think he's recognised as the greatest podcaster in American history by people who aren't Mina fans? I, I don't think so, but he does seem to have quite a few people that sort of secretly support him. But, I mean, whoever gets the re- recognition they deserve, Alice, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a common problem. So true. Now, you work in broadcasting too, right? Yes, I do indeed. For cricket? Yeah, I do a cricket podcast and I produce podcasts for brands and stuff. Oh, okay. So like podcast production as a business. Absolutely. That's right. Um, A lot of cricket going on at the moment. Um, All right. One other thing that came up from your appearance in there that – Kirk does his own laundry. That's one of his um, little bits of housework and – I'm just surprised that he doesn't have like a housekeeper. You know, he's worth squillions. If I had squillions, I would just like pay someone to come in like twice a week and do everything. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I sure would, but I could probably use it really badly right now. Um oh. I don't know. I yeah, I would think he would for sure, but you know, there there's also sometimes like a pleasure that comes from doing simple tasks around if, if you have time to do them and you're not stressed and rushed about it it can be relaxing to do something that's when a lot of people listen to their podcasts too so it's probably when he listens to you manners is when he's doing his laundry <laughs> maybe um although kirk is quite cheap actually maybe kirk walked out today not just the fact that carl didn't know his parents but also that carl spent 40 dollars on spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday or Saturday night. Did you hear that story that he got it delivered from the Chateau and it ended up costing $45? I did hear that. I do like the Chateau. And Kirk was disgusted. Like that that cheap Irish bastard in him that his dad instilled is a very strong character. Yeah. I wish I had good. I know. I don't. I spend every penny that I get immediately. Um, You've got four kids. I'm not surprised. Yes. (laughs) Of course. They spend what I can't get to. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that could be part of it too. I mean, I don't necessarily approve of spending that much on spaghetti. Although I should say, like, in fairness, Dave has never been anything but perfectly nice to me so i don't necessarily want to be too mean to him i don't know what all was going on today but um he could have fought back i mean that's the only thing i gets me is okay i'm in carl carl's position fight back like fucking tell kirk do the fucking show like half an hour later it's not the end of the world put your fucking bad mood in your pocket friend fucking let's go like well but didn't you think kirk said just rolled over he just rolled over but don't you like this fucking pathetic well that's what i mean it's like kirk asked if there was anything to do for a show and dave is like nothing you'll like you know, you're not going to like any of the things. So, I, you think that was masculine yeah. energy then? Fucking hell. <laughs> I guess more, not. That was a more feminine energy than's ever been in that studio from Carl right then. I mean, maybe, but I, yeah, I don't understand it really. Like, because I feel like Kirk might have done a show if 
if Mike or Dave had piped up with something that grabbed his attention. Yeah, I mean, like he could have stayed. Everyone wants to hear him break down the stern Bruce Springsteen interview. Um, they could have done that. They could have done anything. Just fight. Just fight Cullinane. I mean, if you if Cullinane thinks it was more important to go and let his father-in-law in, fucking tell him. Say, you know, like, it's just meek. Like, it's sickening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I do get frustrated. Some people seem so scared of Kirk sometimes. Like, just fucking kill. like that's what the only good thing about Jerry is Jerry's not scared of Kirk and he'll just fucking roll with the punches. And that's why I think they did such a great show when they were together. Right. Exactly. Is it, I think, and I don't know if this bothers Kirk at all, but it, there aren't, there don't seem to be a lot of people that go in there that, that either feel like they're equals to Kirk or that Kirk feels like is, uh, are his equals. So, Mm. um, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, a lot of the people who are like around him and are big fans of the show are intimidated because they are so impressed by him and like him so much. And that it leads to this dynamic where, you know, Kirk's the king of everything and everybody's scared of him all the time. Um, which I don't know. I like, I get it he is a really intense person especially in person so i guess i can understand um being intimidated but like you say like it you know someone like jerry isn't really scared of that which you know it, it can help a show if you're going to have a show that's like a two-man show i mean i think jerry's kind of having a similar problem right now too he he's used to has done literally for decades a show where he has back and forth with someone who is at his level and he does not have that right now you know and i don't know that kirk needs that the way that jerry needs it but i also don't know that he always loves everyone being terrified of him did not you that everyone's hear, always terrified. Did you hear Montante and Jerry? Have you ever heard Montante's World? I heard some of that one, yeah. Um, uh, I listened to the Montante's World Tom was on, but I haven't ventured into that level yet. Well, I think Jerry and Montante are actually a good couple, so I'd like to see them do a show together. Mm-hmm. And there'll be more back and forth. Um, Montante's into all the same stuff that Jerry's into. Right. Um, and I think Jerry, like, when they recorded on Sunday your time, it was 11 o'clock in the morning and Jerry and Montante was already drinking vodka Red Bull and washing it with down with Budweiser's. 11 a.m. Sunday, Alice. Just digest that for a minute. And Jerry... Like was laughing at it, but I think like a lot of him was impressed as well, like wishing <laughs> he could be there with him, imbibing and watching the the football. Um, all right, now any show takes, but I, we've got some listener questions. We've got the pop culture segment. Anything you want to get off your chest about the show before we move on? Um. Oh, we didn't mention vocal fry. So yes, I please. I did notice that this keeps coming up and like obviously Colin couldn't find anybody giving an example of actual vocal fry. But vocal fry isn't just like a valley girl accent or anything like that. It's that actual kind of almost like popping noise you can make in your throat that like. Uh, so it's that sound. But when you like <laughs> say words, so it's like it can be valley girlish if you're saying like and you get that sound into your vowels but it can also be like waspy and coulter 
you know, Donald Trump really isn't performing to my expectations. It can be like that, too. So it's it's that specific sound that's actually technically vocal fry. And I do have it. So I know that I do. But you, you do know. not have it. You have a great I voice. do. I, I mean, I have vocal fry. But, you know, if people like my voice, they can like it. They cannot like it. It's fine. But I do have vocal fry. But it's right. fine. Well, There's also the guy to... who wants me to start a phone sex line. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. I think that's Mayo, if you're wondering. Oh, okay. I'm fucking horned up. Um, he told me they isolated a bit where you said hard. and Anyway, whatever. I'll, just, I'll save that stuff for the DMs. Um, all right. I don't have any more show stuff. Oh, one thing. Just, you know, I, I've got over my Steve Robinson hate. But for all the listeners out there, you know, it's really clear. As soon as Steve needed something from Kirk, he needs to promote his main wire. He just fucking saunters in and and he's using Kirk for as much as he can. So that's fine. A lot of people do that. I'm, I'm, you know, Mike with his show, Alice with Burn Barrel. That's fine. But if you don't think it's very calculated from Steve Robinson, he knows the download figures from KMS. He knows there's a huge audience in Maine because of where EEI used to be broadcast. So don't think Steve's there to help Kirk out or anything. He just wants promotion for his own thing. You know, typical selfish Steve. (laughs) All right. Now let's get into the listener questions. Now the first one is from Nipples, Gearhead Mike. And this is to me. How proud are you in the fact that you basically murdered Snell? I'm not proud of murdering Snell because I don't think I did. I actually think Montante broke Snell's brain. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's locked up in some fucking padded cell somewhere. Have you come across Steve Snell, Alice? I have, actually. That was one of the points at which I realized I was um, not in control of my life anymore was when I was watching a video of Steve Snell talk about Jerry Callahan's penis. I was thinking, like, this is really, like, not the morning (laughs) most people are having right now. I'm, like, in a different place. (laughs) Your descent into madness. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, This is from Red, the former co-host of this show. How disgusted is Menas over Alice's political takes and beliefs? Well, Red, um, we haven't we haven't ventured into that territory, so I'm not disgusted at all. I, I think we'll just park that to one side. Um, yeah, we certainly as it should along. be. It's okay to, like I said, to me, politics is like a sport. I have a team I root for. I have feelings on it. I like talking about it, but I'm not like not going to be friends with somebody because they like a different baseball team. I just don't care about it in that way. And it's, I hate that it is like that. Yeah, I know. But like, it's, I know. Okay. But you know, you, you Twitter bias is pro-life feminist. I mean, come on. There's a hypocrisy there. It's all like feminism. That's the way it used to be. You think Susan B. Anthony was into abortion? (sighs) No, I'm not, I'm not going to be sucked into this. I'm not going to be sucked into this. Red, you almost you almost got me, Red. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, I, no, no, honestly, though, for listening, I'm not particularly politi- politically minded because I'm really cynical and I think the worst of everyone. And, um, yeah, religion is just a whole other kettle of fish. I'm, you know, we could be here for hours. But, you know, the, the root of this is in one of the Mina Fandom episodes, Red and I got into religion and it got, quite that messy and I ended up just taking the audio out of the show. Um, Hmm. Anyway, next one. Uh, Ted Sarandis, would you accept Tom Shattuck in the men as mentoring program? He desperately needs it. 
happy to help Tom. Um, I think he, he's a great guy, happy to guide him in any way. Like I, like I think the difference between you and him in the main show is you did a great job because I, I didn't feel forced. It felt very natural, whereas I felt Tom kind of, he was so amped up, he was so excited to see Kirk that, the energy just fucking came out. It was just too much. So I happy mentor Tom and help with that. Um, he is just kind of like that, though. That is just his energy and his personality. It, it is a little bit manic, but you know I like that about him. So yes, I am. Um, I mean, the, the the audio of Tom talking about like Dean and Keith McClurn is one of the funniest things in show history. Like I listen to that all the time. You don't know him. Um, why are you lying about this, Kirk? Like, Tom is so good in that audio. So makes me laugh every time. Um, uh, d- just with Tom, like, everyone's, you know, why? everyone sort of looks at you and goes, why? Like, why? <laughs> right? And I imagine, though, Tom is quite charming and charismatic. And he, he probably did sweep you off your feet. Kind of, yeah. I mean, like, I was literally actually a fan of his show, and I just really liked him. And I went out and friended him on Facebook. I found him on Facebook and friended him on Facebook and messaged him and told him I was a fan of his show. And then he, like, asked me to come out, and he gave me a tour of the studio. And I I don't know. We just – we hit it off. And I know that everybody thinks this is, like, predatory and crazy, but it's really – just we're into a lot of the same stuff. Like I like to show because we're into the same stuff. Like you said, Montanda and Jerry like hit it off because they like talk about the same topics and are like calibrated the same. We really just do. Like we both like talk radio. We both like talking about the same political. That's why we ended up doing a podcast together. I originally had him start the podcast and it was just him and he kept asking me to come on and it just works because that's like the conversation we would be having anyway at our house like that's just how we are we're into the same Mm. stuff and and we like each other and he is really entertaining and funny actually like if you liked the tom shattuck episode of that show like that's actually like what you get all the time he's really like (laughs) he's really like that um i don't think the age gap is weird but my parents age gap is 14 years so it didn't seem weird to me it's not predatory like you were like 23 like right Tom and i mean me, i could drink were, like if you were 16 and like on a, a radio tour that would be super weird so I, I i don't think there's anything about that i think it's more like you know you're a beautiful young woman and he's the opposite of that um uh, but anyway um did you make him wait no you don't have to answer that you don't have to answer that um Next question. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, wish the answer to that was yes, but it is no. There we go. Um, um, So this is a question from Ted. Diabetes or heart attack for Tom's cause of death? Well, Ted, it's Alice's husband. I'm not going to read that out um, or answer it. Uh, Next question, but probably a combination of both. Um, Well, he's on a week in 180 now, so he's going to be in much better health. I actually had this picture of the diabetes slowly, like his limbs being chopped off one by one, and then just Tom ending up in like a a chair with as a stump with a microphone, no mm-hmm. arms and no legs. Um, yeah, of all his problems, I don't like. He diabetes is not one. Pre diabetes numbers don't like. He doesn't have that one. So. Okay, so <laughs> won't be it's that okay. one. Could be a heart attack. I don't know. Uh, this is from Ted again. Would you consider John from Scranton and the best comment guy in the business, Danny, for a Men's Live reunion on Men of Fandom? No, I wouldn't. 
Next question from Mena Fandom. Why did Kirk Club not make the time to visit Tom and Alice on his trip to the States? So true. I wasn't exactly I wasn't exactly asked. I mean, according to Tom's show, I do feel guilty because Tom kept asking me to submit a video to Burn Barrel and I forgot to. Um, but maybe next time. I feel like he thought he tried to ask you, but I don't know how, how he did or not. I don't know. But we are like en route. We're practically in Maine. So, you know. I was in Maine. I went all the way up to right. Portland. So if you were driving between Boston and Maine, you definitely would have been uh, right by us. I would love to have met you for sure. Um, all right, Danny, Alice, how is Tom taking it now that you're the fastest rising star in the Minifan world? How is he taking it? Um, he thinks it's okay. I mean, I think he still stands by that I'm not a great fit for the show, but, you know, he was, um, he was okay with it. You get uncomfortable with all the people calling in and like asking how big your clip was and all that stuff. I don't really care about that. It doesn't bother me particularly. I, did he get uncomfortable though? Did, did I don't think so. I don't think so. I was in a work meeting when Kirk took that call the other day, and uh, and it, uh, was upset about my um, about my beer girl costume, my Halloween costume. Oh, because um, he thought Tom was kind of objectifying you. Yeah, although that's not that's again that's a. It's sort of an inside baseball burn barrel uh, thing because I did actually work in a brewery for a while. So that was like an ongoing gag about that. Yeah, nothing wrong with the odd bit of objectification. Um, all right. Uh, when are you joining Montante for his show? I think you would be great with Mike. Like, you know, when you went off onto that weird sort of political tangent, <laughs> like Montante would go with you rather than me standing <laughs> blankly at the screen. Like, you'd be off then for three hours. Yeah, we're, we're in talks. We're in talks. Good. Okay, uh, Danny, uh, he's, uh, he's, be sure to show man there's plenty of pictures of your children. I mean, Danny, this fucking idiot, just starts He's a big burn barrel caller. Yeah, he photobombs me with these fucking photos of his ugly kid, Max, and I'm like, I barely care about you. I certainly don't care about your kid. Um, uh, this is from the Cullen Crisp. Does Tom Shattuck have a shart story? Well, I'm sure he's got plenty. Um, Not that I know of. <laughs> That's a question he'll have to wait to ask Tom, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is from Big Daddy Liquor. How big is Tom's dick? You do not have to answer that. Um, Steve's grandma. Does Alice agree with her husband that Dave Cullinane is a snake? Uh, no, I actually, I mean, I've never, like, had a problem with Dave at all. I thought he was, he's always been lovely to me. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't love today i didn't think that was really like that defensible but okay good overall like no i don't think he's a snake i no, think tom's and very you unfair you don't want to steal tom's bit like tom's spot on with that you don't need to steal it um well great question thanks everybody for writing in i love getting the listener questions um alice certainly enjoyed that one um all right. Uh, before we wrap this up with our little pop culture segment, what are Red's parents watching in heaven? Um, I, I was just like musing this morning, and I'm mm -hmm. curious for the Minna fandom listeners to give me feedback. I think it'd be good to get Big Cat on the show to talk about being a Minna fan because Big Cat is probably the biggest Minna fan at Barstool. And I know he's mm -hmm. like a star and getting his time would be difficult. But I'm, I'm thinking that should be something I work on. So if any Minna fans can help out, let's get Big Cat on the show and um, talk about Minna fan shit with him. Do you know? Like, do you like Dan? Um, 
I don't know that much about him. I'm not a big yeah. barstool person, so I don't know really much about. Can you just go and listen to fucking every KMS show when we get off? <laughs> I know. It's come a back lot in of a work. year when you've I'll have up. to speed them up to like 1.5 speed and go back through all of them. Yeah, I, I actually don't know like the, what I'd suggest doing to catch up. Um, yeah, you could go and watch all of Men Is Live, the first season. There's a lot of clips and highlights there. But, yeah, I, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I almost feel like you could just sort of go one show a week to get a sort of window into what was going on. Um hmm. Anyway, look, I'm, just just quit your job. It's a lot of homework. Four, yeah, quit your job. Tell your four kids to fuck off. Tell Tom to stop talking to you and just fucking binge KMS for the next two weeks. Like it would take, like there was five shows a week for the first two years, I think. And right. some That's of them were three of hours a day. Yeah. No one was ever catching up. Um, but it is actually fun, like, to randomly just pick an old show and dive in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So what have you been watching, Alice? Give us some pop culture reckies for the fucking idiots that listen to this. So I don't watch a ton of TV and stuff, um, but I'll, like, get into – What? No, but I get into, like, a specific movie or whatever, and I – Give us one. So the movie that I've liked the most recently is The Northman. Ooh, I saw that. Edgar's movie. Loved that movie. I watched it like five times. And then I went because I liked Anya Taylor-Joy in it too. I thought she was so good that Amazon was advertising to me. There was like a, they did a Jane Austen's Emma with her in it. So I watched that too. And I really liked that as well. I watched that a few times. But um, but yeah, I loved that movie, The Northman. I, it's like all stuff that I'm into, like ancient pagan religions, <laughs> like weird tribal stuff like i think stuff like that's cool like i listen to all like history and religion podcasts and stuff i mean not like recent history like mesopotamians and stuff so i just (laughs) i thought that was such an interesting movie and i liked it a lot i wish people would make more weird stuff like that so yeah i'm a big fan of like you know the viking show i don't know if you ever saw that with ragnar and um, so have you, you've seen the Viking series because you'd really like I didn't that. watch the Viking series, but, yeah, I probably should because I definitely love that. Yeah. So go, uh, I like the Northman too. I, I finished The Bear, which is on Hulu. I'm not sure where it is in the States, but it's it's that show set in a Chicago diner, and I loved it. The, the, the last couple of episodes of The Bear were some of the best TV I've seen in a while, so go and find it. Actually, the last episode made me cry, Alice, and – that doesn't happen mm. very often. Um, I'm a crier. Ta- I cry at everything. Yeah, well, living with Tom, not surprised. Um, <laughs> Tales of the Jedi, if you're a Star Wars fan, it is much watch. Some of the best Star Wars uh, little stories to come out. Andor just keeps giving. It is so good. Episode 8 blew me away. Just incredible. The Tales of the Jedi and Andor are redefining Star Wars. Um, They're that good? So good. And then I um I tend finished... to wait a while before I watch anything like Star Wars and see how it's doing. Like I didn't mm. end up watching any of the new three that came out the the like three together that came out, the next ones in the series, because like they kinda got blah reviews and I was like, I just don't want to waste my time. But I did watch Rogue One, so because I like after a while heard that was good. I like to wait for things to kinda settle and see what people are saying about it before I invest time and energy into it. Well, Andor is amazing, and it's a prequel to Rogue One. So if you liked Rogue One, it's got the same characters. You've got okay. to watch Andor. Um, and then there's a comedy called Reboot. 
which just finished, I think. And the last episode was really funny. Again, really good TV. So I've been watching a lot of cricket. That's all the um, TV I've been watching. Probably the best thing, though, I've seen lately was Warden of the North made a Halloween Minifan video. It is frightening. It is so scary. So go and find Warden on um, Twitter and see his video. And, you know, listeners will know I'm a huge Dua Lipa fan. Well, it's happening next week. I'm seeing Dua Lipa live in concert. Are you a Dua fan, Alice? No. I'm oh, like I'm a Beatles s- fan. I just I wouldn't I, even a know a Dua Lipa song if, like, it hit me in the face. I just wouldn't know anything that she's done. Yes, well, she's great. So I'm seeing you next week, so I'll review that when I'm um, That's great. back back on air. I'm also a Beatles fan. Um, and I actually I did watch a, um, a really nice chat with um, Billboard's chart guy and he had a guest on from The Band podcast and they talked about mm. The Band, um, one of my favourite all-time bands. And um, that was really good. If you like The Band, um, Ned Snark, I know you're listening, go and watch that chat with Billboard chart guy. Well, Alice, I mean, thanks for coming on Minna Fandom. You know, you've got four kids, a job, it's late, but you still made time for the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was fun. You know, and I, I hope we can, like, go on, like, a Minna Fan journey together. Like, maybe we can just mm-hmm. check in every now and then and, and just see how you're going because it, sure, it does Sure, I can do... live tweet my progress and catching up. Yeah, well, I'll get you back on Minna Fandom and we get more of an insight that way because um, it is a journey. Like I've gone through stages of, you know, you sort of have to set emotional boundaries with the show because I'm as passionate about Minna Fan stuff as anything else I do. So, you know, sometimes you just got to be wary of that. Yeah, it's true. Um, like when you're you in meetings, to totally. At, when you're in meetings listening to KMS, and trying to attend a meeting like you are, I think mm-hmm. we, I think you're in on the way. Like, I can see, like <laughs> I'm partway there. You know, um, I can see like your kids sort of being like, I don't know, like, Mom, what are you doing? Hold on, <laughs> finishing KMS. I guess so. I guess so. I'm already partially crazy. So there you go. All right. Well, um, thanks, Alice, for coming on Minna Fandom. Thanks, Minners.